Right now, I'm going to do something I almost never do. Right now, I'm going to repeat a podcast from years ago right now, and here's why. We get an average of around 150 hits a day from the podcast. For some reason, that's a complete mystery to me. This old podcast pulled 469 hits today. Maybe there's a reason for it, but I don't know what it is. So maybe you can tell me why this happened. My email is dick at dicksummer.com. Seriously, what the heck is going on with this? I'm Dick Summer, and it's time to say goodnight. This is a quiet place to rest your head, a safe place to hide a hurting heart, a gentle place to fall. We just call this place good night. I hope you're all nice and comfortable. I am getting pretty deeply into the production of that Second Night Connections album, and things are going along pretty well, I am pleased to tell you. And by the way, thank you very much for those of you who were kind enough to send some very very nice comments about the, the first cut that I uh, ran for you last time. I'm going to change the title from that working title that I told you about, which was My Buddy Billy's Babe, and we're going to call it instead A Quiet Man's Woman. If you missed it, it it's a story about a friend of mine who was a New York City police detective. And Billy had the kind of sense of humor that, that cops and firefighters and, and some pilots develop. It, they develop it because a quick laugh occasionally can keep away the panic, and that's important. Billy called me one night while I was on the air at WNBC, and he started to describe the apartment that he was standing in while he was working on this really brutal murder case. Evidently, there were body parts and, and blood everywhere. And he's going on and on and on about this, and I said, hey... Uh, if you don't mind all that blood, you know, you should have paid attention to your mommy and become a doctor. But why are you calling me while I'm on the air to tell me about all this? And he said, uh, hey, the, the radio was on at the apartment while the murder was going on, evidently. And guess who they were listening to? They were listening to you. And he laughed. And that was Billy. Bad guys got him shortly after that. But I started thinking what it must have been like for his wife, you know, night after night, waiting for him to come home. My lady wonder wench and I still miss Billy. Sometime I'll tell you about the day that he commandeered a New York police chopper to, to get our softball team to a, a charity game that we were playing. But in the meantime, please think about him when you hear the first cut on the new Night Connections album. You'd have liked Billy. I set the second cut on the album this week. It's a lot different. It's based kind of loosely on a call that I got in the middle of the night while I was on the air at WNEW. It was from a guy who plays piano in one of the Midtown Manhattan late-night bars. I call it The Piano Man, and it goes like this. You did fine tonight. You're a little bit nervous at first. But as soon as you started to play, you were as good as you were a year ago when you met her. She was in her 40s, fashion designer from New York. She was very much out of place in the dive that you were playing. You went over to talk to her between sets. She said she liked jazz, and her foot played its way up your leg under the table. She leaned over and looked you right in both eyes and gave you a very slow smile, the kind that showed just the tips of her teeth. 
She was beautiful, expensive, and very ready. You were 25, broke, a little bit cautious. The last year had taught you some of the hard facts about money and broken hearts and divorce. She got up smoothly, said something about the ladies' room, slipped out of her high heels, handed them to you, and nyloned her way into the dark by the bar. You smiled and put her shoes on the piano right next to the tip glass when you started the next set. And every woman who came up to make a request noticed them and smiled. A couple of the guys folded twenties into the toes and gave you a go-for-it look. Halfway into the set, she came back to the table, sat down, saw her shoes, smiled, and crossed her legs. She wasn't wearing nylons anymore. She took you to her place after the gig. You made love for two days without stopping. Then she took you to Paris and Rio and Japan. And all the next year was full of silk and sex and champagne. She took care of the bills and saw to it that your wallet was never empty. She even paid your health insurance. All she wanted in return was to be a part of a couple with you. She also wanted sex strictly on her schedule and every minute of your attention. And when you told her you were beginning to miss playing piano last week, she said that just wasn't part of the plan. You left a door pass for her. She didn't show up. You really didn't expect her to. So you just dedicated your first tune to her in your hit tonight. Lovely old masterpiece. It's called I'll Never Forget You. I really don't remember his name, but he called the night that he stopped following her around, and he wanted me to play the same song for her on the radio. I'll never forget you. I really don't know what happened to them in the end, or if there's been an end, or are they still back together, or, or what. Anyway, the story is called The Piano Man, and it will be the second cut in the new Night Connections album, Night Connections 2. And now, the story of a Louie Louie Generation guy's grassroots struggle. You know what? We got to pat ourselves on the back a little bit more. Give ourselves credit for the things that we do. I think that's one of the reasons why we pace around and you know can't get to sleep about this time of night. You got to look back over your day's accomplishments when you're ready to fall asleep. I had a biggie today. I designed a t-shirt for myself. Now that's a big job for me, because I am your basic stick figures kind of an artist. If I had done the Mona Lisa, instead of that smile, she would have had a smiley face. But this is about pride. This is chest-thumping, sweat-stained He-Man pride that we're talking about today. And I need to rub it in on the other guys in the neighborhood that I am Lawn Tractor Man. I considered getting this long red cape to wear over a blue jumpsuit, you know, big Lawn Tractor Man logo on the chest, LTM. Figured I'd probably lose some effect, though, if it's worn by a body which has suffered a stealth flab attack over the years like mine. Hey, the way I remember it, I used to have a mighty chest, and 
steel cables for biceps, and a ripped six-pack of abs. Of course, that was a while ago. Anyway, I always wanted a lawn tractor. I'm from Brooklyn. Who has a lawn tractor in Brooklyn, you know? All the guys around here have lawn tractors. So now I've got one, too. It is a big brute of a thing. 21 horsepower, all right? Twin-cylinder overhead turbocharged belch-fire 21 horsepower. Couple of cup holders. Place to hang a plow for the winter. 21 horsepower. I always like the sound of that word, horsepower. Vroom, vroom at work. So I'm out vroom, vrooming around today, and my neighbor's out vroom, vrooming around in his yard, and, and it hit me. And I stopped vrooming for just a moment, and I walked over, and I said, Hey, want to race? And his eyes got wide, and his mustache twitched. Then he got this sudden hunted husband kind of look in his eyes. And he glanced over at the kitchen window, and he saw his wife was watching. And you can tell she was doing that wife tapping the foot with the mouth turned down at the edges kind of routine. I think he was actually kind of choking back a tear, and he said, yeah, I'd love to, but I can't. Seems he and the guy next door to him had tried racing their lawn tractors a couple of years ago, and things got a little bit out of hand. They both got a little hurt. You know, not big bad things, just little boo-boos. But their wives both threatened to deny certain marital privileges to them if they ever did it again. And both those guys like marital privileges, which I can understand, you know, because there's uh, nothing I like better than marital privileges, too. But in any event, there's only one other guy on the block. It's a very small block, and Dave is out of town this week. So at least for this week, I am the undisputed king of all the neighborhood lawn tractor racers. You ought to see this T-shirt. It's got this big piston engine with wheels and speed lines whipping out behind it, you know. And I'm going to rip off the bottom of the shirt so that it covers just the top of my chest. Because under some circumstances, after I work out, and if the light is just right, it does appear that I have one ab left. It's good to have an ab. I always figured if you got it, flaunt it, you know. So you are listening to Lawn Tractor Man. Not exactly finding a cure for cancer or stepping out on the moon, but it is not an insignificant accomplishment either, I would say. If you have any similar not insignificant accomplishments in your life, drop me a line. Let me know about it. Let me know what you've been up to. The email is dick at dicksummer.com. Dick at dicksummer.com, okay? Maybe we'll give you some credit where it is due here on Good Night. All right, now you said you like some of those little details that we've been giving you to get your mind off the stuff that really counts in your life, the kind of stuff that has your eyes stuck open at night. So check this one out. In 1987, a 1,400-year-old lump of still-edible cheese was found in Ireland. Now that got my attention. Right? It's one thing to find a 1,400-year-old lump of cheese, but then they said it's still edible. And I'm thinking to myself, who gets to test that stuff to be sure that it's edible? You know, I don't want that stuff on my pizza. That's got to be a terrible job. The first heart transplant on record happened in a hospital on December 3rd, 1967. And as a born and bred New Yorker, I can tell you for sure, the first unofficial heart transplant probably took place in Central Park quite a while before that, and more than likely under less than voluntary conditions. Wonder, could you call it a heart transplant when somebody steals the heart of a person that you love? 
Sometimes it happens so fast you don't even realize what's going on until it's all over. And when it's all over, it's all over. And I know about that firsthand. And I know what it's like to have to explain to somebody you've cared about for a long time that you have just fallen in love with somebody new. This is a story about two pilots and a normal human being. It's also a story about trading a life full of trust for a moment of truth. There are no heroes or villains, but unfortunately, there are winners and losers. Now, before you pass judgment on any of these people, please stop for just a moment and think, what would you have done under the same circumstances if nobody would have ever found out? Until tonight, I thought trust and truth went together like mom and apple pie or beauty and the beast. But tonight, your beast touched another woman, my love. We really are like beauty and the beast. You are so lovely. I've never lied to you before. But how can I tell you? How can I trade your trust for this truth? I won't have to tell you. You'll know. You'll hear it in my voice first. Then you'll see it in my eyes. That's the way it always has been when something goes wrong. I know what beauty loves about this beast. It's the absolute concentration on our love. I used to watch you so carefully in the moonlight that the night turned purple around you. Your sleeping face became so beautiful, so supple. You lit every cell in your body with the warm golden light that you feel inside. You always slept so close to innocence, especially after we made love. Most nights your skin has a scent of yellow and blue wildflowers mixed with smoke from a hardwood fire about it. And those are the nights when beauty wants to make love with her beast. And now it's only a question of time until you know. A question of time. Ten minutes. That's all it was. Just an ounce of loving that I gave her. A drop of concentration from the ocean that belongs to you. How many Christmas Eves full of homemade presents? How many children's questions? How many laughs and tears have we shared, my love? How long have you been my beauty, my woman, my trusted friend? Not touching you now would be a sin against the God who gave us to each other. Until tonight, I thought trust and truth went together like beauty and the beast. Now, if I ever trade your trust, my love, for this truth, how will I ever touch you again? How will I ever touch you again? Beauty and the Beast. She was a beauty. How is a beast? It's from the personal audio called Love Comes When You Least Expect It. It's kind of painful to write that story. Cuts pretty close to home. But it always helps to face stuff like guilt, you know, face it down, get it behind you, get on with your life. <laughs> Easier said than done, isn't it? But every time you do it, you get things under a little better control. But this is called Good Night, so it's time to help you to do that for yourself right now. So whatever went on in your day, 
it's over, at least for a while. Hey, a little housekeeping here. If you like these podcasts or my book, Staying Happy, Healthy, and Hot, available at Amazon.com, shameless plug, or my spoken word CDs at DickSummer.com. There are six of them now. But uh, if you like these things, please tell a couple of friends, will you? Because they might like them too, and you would be doing me a favor. So thank you very much. Okay, time to tuck you in now. I'm Dick Summer, and I hope you'll come back soon for a gentle place to fall. Quiet place to rest your head. Safe place to hide a hurting heart. Nice and easy now. Couple of deep breaths, come on. There you go. Just one more. That's better. All the way to sleep. All the way to sleep. Good night.